because we live in a Puritan police state, we are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. Now that you've been warned, let's get this shit started. Welcome to what I had heard was... I'm Jennifer in the studio. And I'm Anna on the phone. And we are, like you, sitting through this quarantine. Separate, but together. Uh, and today we're talking about television. I mean, honestly, it's the one thing that, uh, between the telephone and, uh, uh, television, it's the thing that's keeping me sane. So, my friend, my educator, my secret lover, and I'm so glad that we can talk about her today. <laughs> I've been... That's a, just, just so you know, that's a Simpsons quote, by the by. Oh, Paraphrasing. I've been, I've been having an affair with Animal Crossing throughout quarantine. <laughs> My island's looking pretty sharp, if I do say so myself. Are you a, are you a furry now? Is that per, how that works? Nah, that is not how that works. You should come by and see my island. It's pretty awesome. I don't have a switch. I'm not that Loser. Cool. Yeah. I know, I tried to buy one for you, and I couldn't order it, because you can't order one anywhere. It's because everybody's playing Animal Crossing. That's right. So, uh, what have you been watching? Well, I've been catching up on series that I haven't been watching because I've been working too much. But now that I'm not, it's great. So currently I'm watching um, Queer Eye and Community and Schitt's Creek. By the way, I think working too much is just embedded in your DNA. Yeah. Thankfully, though, I'm able to uh, teach from home and have... While still been working, you know, have had a little more downtime and able to actually focus on doing things around the house and trying to stay connected with people and not go down crazy rabbit holes on Facebook and stuff, so. Ah, uh, um, Facebook. Ah, I'm, social I'm, media. I'm so glad that I don't engage in too much social media anymore. It is it is great and horrible at the same time. Like, I feel I feel connected to friends and family that, you know, are... Right now, I can't see, but, um, you know, but even across across the country, you know, so that's great. And across the world, like, I've got friends in other countries and stuff, but but then it's also horrible because you just, you just keep going and you keep going and it's hard to distinguish between facts and opinions and sound bites and memes and you're missing, like, the whole picture and the whole conversation. Like, you know, it's just, like, bits and pieces and so... It's communication, but it's not in-depth communication. Social media is a lot like television, you know, in the negative aspects of addiction, mm -hmm. uh, getting lost. The comparing oneself used to be to people on TV, and I think to a certain degree it still is, but in a more personal form, they've taken it to social media. They're jealous of people. People in general are jealous of other people on social media. The highlight reel of someone else's life. Sure. Well, I mean, people don't like airing their dirty laundry, you know. Well, and some people do. <laughs> so some people, some people are a lot more open than others. It's easier when, you know, we're saying all the same stuff that we already know, but it's easier to express an opinion uh, when you're not staring somebody right in the face. Sure. So things get out of control real quick. <laughs> and, you know, things get misinterpreted because you can't hear tone. You can't see body and facial expressions. and So 
I agree um, with you. But uh, television is more of like, because like where social social media is a lot more interactive, um, because you can express your opinion and then get a response to it. You know, the nice thing about television is that it's a you know it's in home storyteller. So it's like way back in the way back we used to sit around fires and tell stories. No one's expecting anything of you. Right. Yeah. You can just sit and absorb, and contemplate and reflect. You know, and then if you want to share that experience with somebody else, then at least you have a time to absorb it and whatnot. So do you um, think that television brings social media? I guess we're, we're, we're going to two different things. What if we're talking about television well, we'll just, today? We'll just switch over to television. I mean, we started talking about social media just because I brought it up. But. but do you think that television brings people closer together or further apart? I think television does both. You know, I mean, you watch a television program, you know, news, sports, whatever it is that you're watching, and you find stuff that you agree with, you find stuff you like, you find stuff that you can support, and then that's what you uh, you gear yourself towards. But that's also, you know, what you talk about with your friends or your coworkers the next day. Like, hey, did you see this, you know, or I want to see what your opinion is on, you know, like, did The Bachelor make the right choice? <laughs> did he give the flower to the right person or not? And it's definitely something that can bring people together. And even if it's bringing people together to like the same thing or bringing people together because they dislike the same thing. So one show I usually go back to, one of those comfort shows, is uh, Lie to Me. Have you seen it? Oh, that's a good one. Yes. One of my favorites. All-time favorites. So I feel like this is a good subject for me to be a part of. I can attest that you are an expert in television. I'm a self-proclaimed Wikipedia expert. Exactly. (laughs) More accurate than Wikipedia. So what are you watching nowadays? You know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of television. I think, I think I'm not a big fan of television because I was sick for so long and really didn't have the option to do anything but watch television. So now that I don't have to, well, being back in quarantine, there's not much to do. And I know that many people can disagree with me on that, but I don't think there's, you know, I can't get out. I can't run around and do the things I do, see the people I see. Mm-hmm. So occasionally I'll watch television. I'll watch, obviously, Lie to Me, which I've seen. I've probably run that through ten times. I really like the, just how the the main character analyzes people and is able to pick up on clues you know, from people's actions and words and stuff. Their micro-expressions. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's cool. I think the idea of all that's pretty neat. Yeah, Cal. And then I liked Loker and his radical honesty. Ooh, you have watched this a bunch of times. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have live TV, but I've been watching uh, Little Fires Everywhere with Reese Witherspoon. And oh, what? Yeah, you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen uh, uh, advertisements for that. Is that any good? It's very good. What about it is so good? Well, I just think it speaks a lot to privilege and quite a few things actually. I think it it I don't have one thing, but it's something I've gone back to each week to continue watching, and I don't typically do that. The only thing I've watched, maybe long term, I would say, is Law and Order SVU, because it's been nice. on for five hundred years. 
And then wait a minute, isn't isn't that Coda's favorite television show? No, his favorite television show is CSI Miami. Oh right, sorry. So true story, my dog sometimes likes to pee on the floor when I'm gone, but if I leave CSI Miami on, he's fine. He sits in his chair and he sleeps until I get back. That's awesome that it has some sort of calming, soothing qualities for him or <laughs> whatever. That's the, I mean, that's the only one he likes. He doesn't like other shows. I've tried. He was like, no deal without Horatio, biatch. Well, he is a fellow redhead, so. That's right. Have you ever seen any of those? They make these uh, television shows specifically for pets that are like birds flying around and squirrels and whatever, and then they make these weird clicking noises and sounds that are supposed to stimulate him. I have seen those, and I put one on for him. He didn't move. Occasionally, like when there's a dog on a video or something that's growling, he'll look up. I mean, I just like the fact that, you know, whatever weirdness you're into or whatever information you're trying to get, you're, you know, you want to learn about, there's a TV show for it. Some of them are easier to find than others, but there's there's a program out there that you can just learn so much about other people or other situations and, you know, just the world around you. I think it's pretty great. Or you can learn fake news from CSI. <laughs> <laughs> That's done so much damage to the forensic community. Oh, well, I mean, honestly, like watching any watching any scripted television show, <clears throat> like with the person who's actually in that field is the worst. Right. Because all they ever do, you know, it's like watching it with a lawyer, watching CSI with a cop or watching ER with a doctor. Everybody's just like, or, you know, a nurse or whatever. Or they're just like, that's not how it really is. That's yeah. not how. That's, that's th- not th- that Ohio law. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. It's such the worst because it's like, they're these quote unquote docudramas or whatever, but there's artistic license. There's, you know, it's the whole point is that the, the screenwriter's trying to sell a plot or it seems like an art- idea. It seems like artistic license is now interchangeable with sensationalism. Well, <clears throat> artistic license and sen- it, sensationalism is like a heightened version of, you know, a production value. You know, it's like it's you're just doing it just for to do it as opposed to for a reason or promoting an idea or whatever. The problem, which is that plot, like plot points and narratives and sensationalism has leaked, those storytelling devices have leaked into our factual newsrooms. And so because of that is now where we're getting into the mushiness of what's real, what's not real. You know, like the mushiness of reality television. It's supposed to be real, but it's not. But is it? But isn't it? You know, and so it's confusing. You know, it's like pro wrestling. All those things are confusing because it's like, oh, look, it's supposed to be like a, you know, an unscripted sport. But it's like, no, it really is a scripted thing. It's choreographed. You know, the guys practice moves and they, you know, so it's like there's that mushy line between what's real and what's not real. Nothing you see on TV is real. What you're seeing is what the producer wants you to, you know, whatever narrative they want you to see their story. Sure. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, if you want to get philosophical about it, breaking it down, there is no such thing as absolute truth, except in an abstract form, because even if two people, two individuals are watching the exact same event happen, both of those individuals have different takes on it because of 
their viewpoint, like their vantage point, what they physically see, but also how they interpret that based on their own personal experiences and, and knowledge, etc., etc. Yeah, but I still watch my 600-pound life while I eat lunch. Oh, totally! No, and I, and I don't want to take that away from anybody. I love Jersey Shore. <laughs> I watch that show all the time. I love my little guidos, and, you know, I totally understand. You get this, it's like eating junk food. You know it's not real, you know it's not good for you, it's probably right in your brain, but it just feels so good. Indeed. So I, I feel you. I'm not taking that away from anybody. I think television has had a lot of uh, positive influence as much as I dislike it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of educational programming. I raised my kids on Sesame Street and Caillou, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, poor Caillou. <laughs> <laughs> but they have job training. I mean, there's oh, there yeah, are there's... entire fandoms associated. People have met and married over TV shows. Really? Of course. Do you really think they haven't? Like, oh, there's no... yeah, I guess, like, you know, that's, like, the thing that got them to first initially start talking and... Yeah, they get on an oh, online yeah, forum, uh, join a Facebook page. I think I'm dating myself saying online forum, but join a Facebook page or a Reddit group or uh, Instagram. <laughs> sure. That's all I got. <laughs> no, that's fair. I love me some Sesame Street. PBS back in the day on the black and white black and white television that you had to get up and kink, 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 turn the dial on. No remotes back then. Do you remember when uh, cable first started? Yes. And they, were, and they were like, hey, cable. And then that way, you don't need to deal with any uh, advertisements because you're paying for it. So then you get advertisement-free programming. For five seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, last, that lasted for like two years until they realized, oh wait, we can charge more. <laughs> so. I, I used to really enjoy when, well, I hated waking up, like on the weekends I was always the first one up, you know, you get up like seven o'clock in the morning, but mm. then I would go downstairs, because you guys wouldn't get up forever, so mm -mm. I'd go downstairs and start playing with the cable remote. You remember the old cable, the uh, corded remote? The, oh, yeah, the, the, the big box on the long cable that attached to the television. The green and yellow on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I used to... I don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I remember Darkwing Duck. That's what I remember in relation to cable. Those cable boxes. Ah, yes. Saturday morning cartoons. Why can't they be a thing anymore? Because you can watch cartoons all day now. Yeah. Every day. So the good thing and the bad thing about all the streaming services and the fact, you know, on demand that you can watch it whenever, the good side to it, you know, is that you're able to see all these different programs when on your time, on your schedule, as you're able to watch them. So that's great. You get to see a lot more uh, diverse programming and stuff. But the bad thing about it is that it doesn't make anything special anymore. I agree. There's nothing to look forward to because you can have it whenever you want. This goes back to immediate gratification. Yeah, totally. And I think that, because it used to be an event, you know, like, I just remember every, you know, every Christmas when it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Charlie Brown's going to be on. we got to sit around and watch Charlie Brown, you know, whether you love him or hate him. But... Right, because I hate him. <laughs> but I would still sit there with our popcorn and watch him. Yeah, because it's like, oh, because, you know, it's Christmas time. Cause it... And now it's like you can watch that shit whenever you want. But, yeah, there was something about Saturday morning cartoons that was just, it was fantastic because, you know, you get the whole week where you're, you're at school and, 
know, you're doing all this stuff and you have all these programs and all these, you know, after school things you have to do or don't do and homework. And Saturday morning was that one morning where you woke up and you're just like, I'm in my jammies. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to watch cartoons and eat a whole bunch of cereal and life's good. It seems like streaming services are going to be taking off, you know, even after quarantine is lifted or stay at home order, whatever you guys want to call it. People, there's still a lot of fear. People don't want to go out and be in crowds. I don't want to go out and be in crowds. So it's going to take a while, and I think that streaming services are going to stay strong. But I'm not so sure about the movie theaters. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, movie theaters are definitely taking a hit. Like, between between the fact that you can watch movies on these massive televisions with high def, with great surround sound systems in the comfort of your own home so the technology is there now that you can get a large image in your own home so that's one and then two just with mass shootings and you know at least in our area bed bugs is an issue and the fact that people have gotten used to because of watching stuff in their house have started to get used to basically stopping, starting, talking, doing order, doing multitasking. People are a lot more disruptive. <laughs> and so all of these, which personally, I like the, you know, I like the sitting around watching stuff with a group of people, you know, because you feed off of their energy and people are laughing, people are cheering, etc. To me, but, spending $15 to sit in a dirty seat to eat overpriced popcorn around people that I would probably never surround myself with just doesn't appeal. Right. And that's, yeah, exactly. I personally still love going to the movies. You know, I like the experience of it, the specialness of it. You know, you have to be there at a certain time. From working in a movie theater, I know that the snack bar is where they actually make their money. So I do pay the couple bucks for the overpriced popcorn which is completely overpriced i totally understand that but it's so good i mean if we're being fair it is delicious it is it's so good you know sitting there box m m's popcorn soda watching your thing you know it's just people now like they want it's the whole idea of special you know you got to take it to the next level so it's like you can't like before just going to the movie theater was special right because like the theaters themselves are these gorgeous beautiful old theater houses that were turned into movie theaters due to the rise of technology and now it's you know then they became these you know mass-produced boxes but now it's like cool now you have like reclining seats and you have people who will bring like a fucking chicken quesadilla and a beer to your seat if you want you know but i don't think they'll let me bring my dog and that's really where where i draw the line because if he's not invited i'm not coming (laughs) Well, he's not invited because he keeps insulting people. He does. Like if, he is really like, rude. I mean, if he if he got off of his cell phone while the movie was playing, then, you know, he'd be asked back. Look, he is addicted to Tinder, and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> On our next episode, we talk about pets addicted to Tinder. <laughs> I don't even know what the name for that app would be. <laughs> Boner or something. Boner. Oh, yeah, for dogs. This is a dog and bones. Meow. So completely out of left field, my favorite male television character is off of Santa Clarita Diet. Have you seen the show? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. So it's on Netflix, and basically it's Drew Barrymore plays the wife, and honestly I cannot remember her name, and then Timothy Olyphant plays Joel, her husband, the real estate agents, and... She turns into, if I recall correctly, a zombie. 
And so she has to start eating people, which is unfortunate. And her husband finds out and helps her to start killing people. And I was like, what a supportive husband. That is. Right? And I was like, what a great guy. And so ever since then, he's been my favorite character. Helps her bury bodies, you know. Oh, relationship goals. Right? I don't want to give any spoilers, but, you know, the severed head was badass. <laughs> that sounds adorable. So I'm assuming it's a comedy. It is. It is. There's two or three seasons of it, I would say. There could be more. Who knows? I have no idea what I'm talking about most of the time. No, that's cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that. I will put that on my to-watch list. Is that on Netflix? or? It is on Netflix. Nice. I'm not completely caught up, I don't think, but I might be. Yeah, like Netflix and Hulu, HBO, all the, the the fact that they started coming up with their own specific uh, television shows, programs, I think uh, marketing genius on their part, but some of the stuff. Did you ever see Rome? I did not. I, I have seen the um, listing for it. I did not watch it. Yeah, this is like a, like at least a decade plus old show that was on HBO. It was through BBC, I think. And uh, it's two seasons, and it's about Rome with Julius Caesar. So it's like the rise and fall of Julius Caesar. And it's beautiful. It's The production values are gorgeous. Like, the characters are brilliant. The acting is amazing. You know, there's all kinds of um, bloody battle scenes, some great gratuitous sex scenes. And then it's, like, historically based. But this is something that regular network would not have been able to produce because of the amount of money involved in the time, the effort, etc. And the fact that they were able to film it like a movie and then release it in bits and stuff as opposed to doing the live shows where you have to do one a week, one a week, one a week. It was just a great a great switch. That's one of, one of the things that I love about all of these streaming services and stuff is this new, different, weird, hey, let's try something out programming that you may not have got on regular network television because of having to be quote-unquote mainstream. And they don't cancel everything immediately. They don't cancel everything one episode in. So you catch, you know, one mm-hmm. season of something great, and they're like, eh, go fuck yourself. Come on, <laughs> right, guys. Right. Yeah, because they're, they're able to try it out and test the boundaries. And so because of it, we've gotten some really great and weird programming that has, I think, you know, changed the course of what we consider... Uh, acceptable to watch on television. I think it's my time to shine because I also am great and weird. Exactly. This is your zeitgeist. You are of the moment. Right. I'm a spoiled asshole. I need to have no commercials. You lose me. I can't watch anything for too, too long. I think I should be employed as a commercial consultant because there are so many commercials that show up that I'm just like, really? Do you understand that, yes, this is what you're trying to say, but do you understand that this is how it's coming off? Like, Why are you also doing this? this? Yeah. Right. It's like, mm, do you realize that your logo looks like a cock and balls? Because I don't think you realize that. <laughs> this is a nursery like, school. Do you know? Exactly. I feel like I could help with a lot of embarrassment, with a lot of, like, accidental racism. So if anybody wants to employ me, uh, you can drop us a line at our uh, web address. Which is what I had heard was at gmail.com. That's it. That's, that's the address. Yeah. Oh, blatant self-promotion. I'm good with all of that. Man. Yeah, so I'm right in the middle of rewatching the community. I have not seen that, but I just added it to my list. It's a lot of fun. It's witty. It's 
my favorite kind of programming is when the characters are self-aware. You know, when like they realize, you know, they they make references to uh, stuff actually going on, or the fact that they're in a movie, or they're in a television show, or they break the fourth wall and you know look at the camera, you know right. that kind of stuff. I really enjoy that kind of thing and like community. The yeah, yeah. Like, well, the offices, their trope is that they're being interviewed. Right, but I mean, this the style would be somewhat. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, or Boston Legal. Boston Legal, a great show back in the early 90s, and William Shatner at his fineness being so Shatner esque. But uh, they would be self aware and talk about, oh, well, this is no way to start off a second season. I figure they'd at least go in and make reference to something else, but no. If they're going to introduce a new character, they should have introduced him last episode, not this episode. <laughs> you know, and you're like, wait, what? And then they just keep going. Like, they don't reference it anymore. And you're like, oh, that's brilliant. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Oh, the the mother of dragons? Right. But I want to talk to her. I'm sorry. I want to speak of her in all but the last season. We're not going to speak of that. Oh, we shall not speak of the last season at all. Exactly. So her character until that last season is what I'd like to discuss. So Yes, let's total badass love her talk about coming up from the bottom and kicking ass well i mean she was she does have royal blood in her sure so do i but according to my dna test have i been remiss in talking about your title (laughs) i mean should i bow next time i see you i mean you should always bow when you see me i don't think that should even be a question so in general what are your thoughts on game of thrones i think it was a very great series i read three of the books and really enjoyed the writing of it. And I think that the series did a, a great take on the book, held true to the characters. And it was just neat. It was just a great premise. You know, it was beautiful. It's like one of those epic things. Um, I'm real into production values. And dragons. How dragons. Can you not? How can you not fucking love some dragons, right? Um, I think that's like every kid's dream is to like ride a dragon or a unicorn or something like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Like a never-ending story. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm actually you know? I'm actually looking at my stuffed Falcor right now. Aw. But yeah, I mean, and the characters were so great too. You know, you had these strong male characters, strong female characters. You know, they dealt with different genders and magic and ethnicities and right versus wrong. And even the characters that you hated, like the, even the characters you hate, like the Lannisters, they were such great characters, and you know it's like you loved hating them. But did you, you know? did you hate Jamie the entire time? No, not at all. And that's the thing you don't hate anybody the entire time, you know, except for maybe the White Walker. But that's just because he's like I'm a bad guy. Everybody else, it's like they they were nuanced. They're human. They you know they had good points and bad points, and you can understand why they made the choices they did, even though it like caused people to lots of people to die because it was still all in their character which is why the last episode which we shall not talk about but i will reference because i'm so annoyed was so bad because that last season so many people did things that were so out of character and that's a problem that's a problem when you've grown to know the characters and you you see them you know you relate to them each week and then you come back and they do something that's so out of character and they're like bye wait a minute Right, exactly. Yeah, So I, and I think that's just why everybody was just so mad with how the series ended, because it's like, you know, you see these arcs, you see the way that 
you know, the characters have grown and changed and evolved and adapted. And, and so you're so you're waiting to see how this resolves with all that knowledge, with all that experience. And then they just completely threw out the window and then did some shit. And it wasn't even good shit. Like, I don't know who came up with that idea, but it was terrible. And mm-hmm. I hope you never write anything again. There, yeah. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> well, I hope that they have learned from this and that they never do this again. But I'm blackballing uh, them, but yeah. You know. <laughs> the queen has spoken, as it is written, so shall it be done. It is decreed. Oh well, you know though, the cool thing about Game of Thrones is that it became a sensation. It was like the television version of Harry Potter. Yeah. It's like this. The adult global... version. <laughs> <laughs> it's this, yeah. It's this global phenomenon that was based in literature, that everybody knows about now, and it's like it's a part of our common history or common you know our um societal experience this is one of those things like the beatles or michael jackson that you can go anywhere in the world where they have television you know like you can say this thing and you're going to find somebody that you can talk to and at least you have that common ground right there's something you can relate to to get off to get off well, maybe. Well, that too. There, there are television shows for that as can well. I, can I buy you a beer, discuss Game of Thrones, and then perhaps catch you off? <laughs> and then we can have a good wank and, you know, continue on. Exactly. My biggest problem with a series as a whole is you can have a great movie, but if you end it terribly, you've ruined the entire series. I think that they built up enough good in the series that... It wasn't completely offset by the end, but it is yes. forever tarnished. Agreed, agreed. That's the problem is every series eventually outlives its its peak. So many things do it. Uh, the Simpsons, Supernatural. The Office. Yeah, The <laughs> Supernatural. Office. It's like after a certain point, you're like, meh. There's even a term for it. It's called jumping the shark, which is from Happy Days, where the Fonz literally drove his motorcycle up a ramp and jumped a shark tank and at that point they were just doing some crazy stuff doing th- weird things that just to try to get people to watch again and a lot of people say well that was the point where the whole series went downhill <laughs> it was <laughs> where Fonzie had to literally jump his motorcycle over a tank of sharks everybody has it you know it's like and which one of the things that I think that British television does so well is that it will stop at a peak you know they're like hey this show is good we have run its course we feel good about it. Let's stop. And they'll change it up too. Like I noticed with was it called Being Human, Almost Human? Yeah, Being Human. Being Human. Yeah, they they just brought in a new cast, and it was like a new show, but same premise. So well, because there was the there was the English version, and then there's the American version. Right, but in in the United States, you wouldn't be able to pull that off. You can't replace the whole cast of a show. You would lose your viewers. But right. They did right. It there, they did it flawlessly it was very impressive yeah i mean you can get away with like replacing a character you know like aunt vivian on the prince of bel-air or the sister becky in uh, roseanne and even then it's only sometimes sometimes you can do that and they do it but i mean they take a hit for it yeah because i mean you know while we understand that we're watching a television show and it's a scripted thing and these are actors playing characters you know you still get invested of no no that individual, that actor is now that character. Right. You know? And I think about that, like, for actors. Can you imagine they get stuck in a certain character? Oh, sure. And I'm no, sure and that happens all the there. time. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, you cannot look at Jaleel White and not yell, hey, Urkel. Right. Or Robert Pattinson and not think about Twilight. Oh, yeah. Sparkle, sparkle, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And that happens. And, you know, some people are able to break out of that. Some people aren't. Uh, some people embrace it. You know, like uh, uh, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> yeah. You know? He's like, yep, I will play Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on tour last year. Like, he still does that stuff, you know? And there's people who are like, yep, this is what I'm known for. This is what pays the bills. This is what you want. Cool. And there's other people who hate it, who just rebel against it. They'll go to signings of talks and speeches and whatever, and it's like, oh, hey, say your catchphrase, and then they'll walk off stage. Yeah. Be like, nope, I'm done. That's rude. It depends. A life in the limelight is not a life for me. You know, in the quiet, that's where I like to be. Well, then, if this podcast takes off, you're going to be in the limelight. I'm going to be fucked. So, you guys, <laughs> just remember that in episode three, I asked you to be really nice to me, and you weren't, probably. That's right. We'll uh, we'll get you some bodyguards, just like the queen, and me? then all you have to do is just, like, drive and wave at people. That's excellent. Do I have to dress up? If you want. If you don't, whatever. You're the queen. You can do whatever you want. Perfect. Perfect. I like where this is going. As it is written, so let it be done. I have to go out in the uh, infestation today to go to the pharmacy. Are you wearing a mask when you go out? Yes, I am. Excellent. I have, um, I actually had, uh, two N95 masks left over from work in my toolbox. So I was just gonna say, don't give me any shit if you see me wearing one. Yes, we have donated, you know, yes, our companies have donated the extra boxed materials that we had to first line, you know, defenders and all that wonderful stuff. These are leftover bullshits that were in our toolbox that nobody else wants to put their face in except for ours. So back off. Yeah, I mean, we have two of those also. Two of the dirty ones you use for working around. Those are not going to save anyone else. (laughs) Those are going to go in some hospital's trash can. And the hand washing, of course, you're doing that. Definitely, definitely. Excellent. Two happy birthdays. Oh, do you sing happy birthday? Well, I mean, there used to be a sign on the mirror. It was from our nephew's school, and it said, You wash your hands while you sing happy birthday. But then I heard John Oliver say two happy birthdays, but I think that's really pushing it. I got things to do. I just counted 20. Well, then you never have a party, do you? I have a party every time I go home. Oh, no, I party. Party one. Oh, you count like a, count like <laughs> the uh, count on Sesame Street? Ah, ah, ah. And then when I'm done counting, there's lightning bolts and little bats fly around, so it's, you know, it's a good time. Pretty badass. You were the mother of bats. <laughs> So, um, yeah, hand washing, uh, social distancing, you got that down? Well, as we are talking on the phone right now. Just want to check in, make sure you're distancing from everyone else and not just me. Oh, yes, yes. My almost sixth week, the only place I go is to walk the dog. Uh, I've been to the post office um, and the grocery store, and that's it. You're getting pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Watch out now. Right. I'm going to go to the pharmacy, and then I'm going to walk about the 10 feet it takes to get into the grocery store, and then I'm going to come home, and I'm going to wear my mask, and I'm going to wash my hands, and I'm not going to touch my face, and I'm going to practice social distancing so that one day, somewhere in the future, we will be able to have these podcasts in person. Soon. Very soon. I believe in our scientific community throughout the world. Excellent. And... I feel like our next episode, we can have a guest speaker. That would be amazing. We'll bring on another uh, self-proclaimed expert. 
<laughs> I love self-proclaimed experts. And uh, what I had heard was, we're out of time. Alrighty. We would like to thank our sponsor, Reset, an encore for your production. Do you create things to educate, entertain, frighten, or enlighten an audience? Have you invested time, money, and soul into your work and not want to see it go right into the trash? Then Reset is the website for you. Create a listing for your new or used entertainment item on www.resetyourset.com so your work can get the encore it deserves. Visit the site for listings, dock sales, and a customized treasure map of the secondhand and resale stores across the country. That's www.resetyourset.com. Or you can follow Reset on Facebook or Instagram with hashtag ResetYourset.